0: You're you're, you're listening to the Mr. James Carrington Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Mr. James Carrington Podcast. This will be episode number 62, if I'm not mistaken. How y'all doing out there? I hope so far you guys have been enjoying the show and you've been sharing it with your friends and family and loved ones. And um, don't forget, if you're if you're new to the show, if this is your first time listening to the show, go on Facebook and subscribe to the show on the James Carrington Podcast or the James Carrington Show, and uh, that way when I upload new episodes, you will be notified. Now, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the show, as you guys, faithful listeners, know, <clears throat> we always take a quick musical break so we're going to do that right now and while the music is playing i need you guys to be in your relaxed and quiet and happy place put away all distractions get yourself a glass of wine a glass of orange juice some hot chocolate whatever it is that you like to do roll you a big fat spliff if that's your thing papa zanny whatever it is you need to do to get yourself in a nice quiet and relaxed mood Uh, I need you to do that because I'm going to require your attention for the next hour and a half hopefully you're in bed it's night time hopefully and you can listen to the show with headphones because it sounds much much better at night uh, when you're listening to it with your headphones so without much further ado we're gonna head into the musical break so don't go nowhere don't change that dial don't skip town or skip bill i will be right back
1: yeah sorry i'm not sorry i like a Britney, but when you said should i try try again but now my Let go, go go. shall be sure me Ronnie Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie Tired of getting it wrong This won't be another Heartbreak song Somebody song Go find me one day One day I don't dare wait Don't stay too far
0: that brief musical break oh yes indeed i like that song by um tiwa savage and um and brandy norwood uh and 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 um i'd actually like to give a big shout out to lil mo not the the artist but uh Uh, A young lady that I worked with Back in the day Her name is Monique Big shout out to you Mo I know you listen to the show down there in Florida Uh, Mo um, Was uh, Was the one who I I saw she had posted I think it was a video of the song uh, On her On her uh, Facebook um, She was playing it on one of On her Facebook story and so so mo is african-american and i'm african obviously you guys know that so so i i i asked mo i said mo what do you know about this song here you you're not african <laughs> and um but she was like oh she she knows the song she knows it because you know brandy is is her one of her favorite artists and so i guess you know she follows her career or whatever and she realized she found out that brandy was doing uh a collaboration with Tiwa Savage who's Nigerian and and they come up with this melodic tune this melodic you know song and so that's how she got to know about it and if you guys will recall in the last episode or no the last but one episode I was telling you guys about how Afrobeats okay is is taking over the whole music industry it really is you understand you're seeing collaborations with africans and african-american artists and, uh, and 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 what they're producing is is so harmonious and melodic and 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 just touches your soul the music that is coming out of the continent now is 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 just is reaching all corners of the world And it's gradually taking over. Okay. You consider the fact that like I said. Wizkid from Nigeria. His album Essence. He had a song on there. Um, What was the album called Essence? The song is called Essence I think. Essence was the number one Shazam song. At some point last month. That's saying a lot. Because everybody wants to know who you know or what you know who made this song and what is it called and and that speaks volumes you know so but anyway back to the so i asked mo i'm you know i'm like yo, what do you you know so mo was like oh you know she heard about the song or whatever and and, um i i I don't know if some of you well the africans you might my african listeners might catch it but there's 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 a part in the song where you know Brandy is actually speaking a little Yoruba, okay, or Yoruba, right? Which is which is a Nigerian uh, language, okay? And um, and so I, I guess that's the part that kind of blew Mo away. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's it's interesting, you know, it's interesting what's going on in the music industry with Afrobeats and it's here to stay. It's here to stay. I told you guys this thing. About a year ago, I told you I went to a car wash, ran by Koreans, and as I was waiting for my car, they were playing Davido. Okay, they were playing Davido over uh, on the uh, on the um, you know the speakers, the overhead speakers or whatever, and I'm like, this I've I've never seen anything like this before. And then I started seeing it more and more. You know uh, A lot of influences on Instagram While you know they're doing whatever it is They're doing especially those who work out You hear them playing Afro beats in the background Or they're dancing to Afro beats And you're like wow This shit is taking over the world But anyway As far as that song is concerned As heavenly as it sounds Though you know It's, it's a little sad Okay But um, premise of the mess uh, the premise behind the song or the premise of the song it's a little it's it's a little sad i'll admit it because you know for those of you who didn't understand what they were saying in the song i mean i'm sure you caught certain parts of it where they kept saying somebody's son will find me one day right and 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 it literally means what there's you know what what they're saying which is that They're lonely right now, they're single right now, they're not having uh, a lot of luck finding a man, and that eventually they hope that someone's son, they will run into a single man, who obviously will be someone's son, okay? Now there was a time in which this wouldn't bother me, okay? But um, I have been looking at the dating scene (laughs) and all, what's going on? In the late in the dating landscape, for about ten years now, I've been married for about. Well, I met my wife maybe about twelve years ago. I've been married for like ten. Um, but there was a time that I I did an episode where one time I was telling you guys that right around when I met my wife, I I I didn't like the way or I didn't like what I saw when it came to. Dayton or the Dayton landscape, and things have gotten worse since then. Okay. Um, I would hate to be a young man trying to find someone now, currently, in this in this current um situation that we find ourselves, okay. And what I have noticed is that there are still a lot of you know. There are still a lot of women out there who are approaching their 40s or maybe even in their forties um, that are single. And even though I am not a female, I can I can I can tell by speaking to some of them, some of them happen to be my friends, I can tell that. This is, you know, if you're a lady and you're in your 40s and you still haven't found someone that you can call your own, uh, I can see how that can take an emotional toll on you, you understand? And we're, you know, there are so many stories out there of women like that. And so, like I said, you know, I find the fact that Brandy and, and, and Tua got together to make a song about this phenomenon um i I thought the timing was was interesting you see i thought the timing was interesting i know a lot of single women who uh are probably doing everything that they can in order to find a man uh, someone they can marry uh, someone they can you know Consider a, a soulmate, a life partner, and they are not. They're just not finding that one. They're not finding the one. So someone might ask, "Well, James, of what concern is it to you? You have your wife. Your wife, you know, you're good. Uh, what do you care?" Well, I care because I have a daughter. Okay, if um, if I had only boys. I probably wouldn't care as much, but you know, I have a daughter who is uh, who is who is my everything right and so if I look at again if I look at what's going on on the dating uh, scene and i and I and I project that because my daughter will be turning six soon. I project what's going on now and if this trend Of this uselessness that we're seeing on the dating scene continues for the next twelve years, and then when she's eighteen, and I would hope she doesn't start to date till she's like eighteen. Well, by the time she's eighteen, things will be really, really fucked up. You understand? And so I as I kind of quote unquote plan my daughter's and my son's lives, you know, as a parent. I am hoping that they will excel in everything in academics and in in their social lives and dating will be a big part of their social life and so I don't want to I don't want a situation whereby you know 12 years from now my daughter uh, is having a hard time meeting someone a, a decent young man okay maybe 18 might be you know, a little too young, I, you know, I don't want her to be, you know, doing anything serious at 18, but certainly by the time she's 21, I would want her to be involved with someone who is serious-minded, and I would want her to be in a healthy and, and uh, a healthy, uh, stable uh, commitment, right? because I don't want my daughter to be one of those that is all about just focusing on her career until uh, so she gets to the age she's 29 she has all the degrees in the world but she doesn't have a man I don't want that that is skewered towards uh, the career-oriented side of life while abandoning the social aspect of life and and a lot of career-oriented women find themselves in that boat so I would I would hope that she would find that right balance. Okay. So a couple of things. One, I would hope she would find a right balance between uh, her career and her her, her love life. And uh, secondly, I would I would hope that um, she makes you know good choices in uh, in the type of man that she decides to date. Okay. Um, not to mention the fact that, you know, now with this whole LGBTQ thing, um you know, even though I don't uh have a problem with what they're doing, it's their lives. But I would hope that my daughter at some point is not gonna come to me. My daughter, all my sons are gonna come to me and say that we you know, we think we bat for the same team. Okay. I would hope that would not be the case. I want them to have a traditional relationship where they're with members of the opposite gender, and um, and 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 that, and that that the relationship is fulfilling. You dig. So, I have a lot to say about this whole relationship thing, but um, let's take a quick break, and uh, you know, when we come back on the other side of the musical break, I'll I'll espouse a little bit more on that. And um we'll take it from there. So don't go nowhere, we'll be right back,
1: right, Me, so I must win. Right. For my life every day, my dream is just to win. Me, I don't got anybody to help me, so I must win. Now, maybe the boy back and the bottle. Nobody really knows tomorrow. Afrobeats the it's life so special
0: afro beats a musical niche whose time has arrived and it appears that it's going to have a long lifespan. Okay? And I for one I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um because in my humble opinion, it's helping to bridge cultural gaps. Okay. Um in episode I think it was episode forty-four. I'm not quite sure the number but I think it was in episode 44. I I I told you guys how a lot of people especially African Americans are getting to know a little bit about the African continent just solely by watching music uh, African music videos. Okay? The visuals alone from these videos, the visuals alone are helping to bring And understanding and are helping to fill in knowledge deficits of the dark continent okay and the beauty of it is this information is coming right into their living rooms and into their phones wherever they may find themselves via YouTube right and so they are not restrained by wherever they are. As long as you have access to internet and you have access to YouTube, you're going to see, you're going to stumble upon these music videos. So to me, it's it's helping to shed a lot of the ignorance and stigma surrounding Africa and African peoples and African cultures and African society in general. Okay. Four things that people always say, or we know for a fact, always helps to tear down cultural gaps and barriers are one, food, two, music, three, sports, and four, language. Okay, food, music, sports, and language. These are four things that always help to tear down cultural gaps and barriers. And so in this particular context, right? In this particular context, Afrobeats, it's playing its role uh, to educate a lot of black folks and non-black folks, I should say, or I should add too, in the diaspora, on some of the, you know, the cultural nuances of African societies and African people in general, because they're watching these videos and they're realizing, huh, that's interesting, you know. And it's it's especially for those who want to be enlightened. They 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 you know they seek more of these videos, and by seeking more, they expand their knowledge base of what the african continent and its people bring to the globe so for me in essence afrobeats is one of the methods by which you know pan-africanism is expanding okay uh, pay no mind to what all these so-called ados and fba guys are saying about Pan Africanism is bad and it's evil, and you know, pay no mind to any of that. And if you're one of those that ascribes to that school of thought, well, you're not gonna like my views uh, on some of the things that have been said when it comes to the whole FBA and ADOs, um, um, what you might call it, debate. Okay. For me, I'm all about unity for black folks. And so whether uh, or any entity that seeks to bring a divide or to bring division between the two groups, be it from the African side or be it from the non-African side, I do not share their views. As a matter of fact, I will speak against their views but that is for um, that is that is that is a topic for a whole different episode. So back to what I was saying. Um one person though that I would like to give a lot of credit to is Akon. Akon, the 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 musician. Um I know when it comes to this whole bridging the gap or, you know, this whole notion of african american artists and african artists collaborating a lot of people don't give akon credit right but check this out i personally i haven't done much research on it but i think akon has been very instrumental in initiating this alliance between african artists and and african american artists and i say that because a few years back right i noticed that most of the afrobeat collaborations started with artists that were based in in florida okay and if i'm not mistaken that's where akon is right akon i think is is mostly based in florida um i know he hangs out or used to hang out a lot with you know on the miami scene music scene with you know the likes of rick ross and ace hood and trey songs and them so when 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 i saw that uh, and then all of a sudden, I, I, I saw, or oh, I noticed, or oh, I saw the first collaboration, um, with Rick Ross and the Nigerian group P-Square. It was on on a song called Onye. I, I hope I'm saying it well. My wife will cut off my testicles if she finds out that I butchered the... <laughs> because Onye is, is an Igbo word. Um... I saw that Rick Ross and P-Square did a collaboration on Oniñe. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. You know, because Rick Ross is big in America. And P-Square is big in in Nigeria and in Africa. So I'm like, okay, two big, you know, groups. Two big entities, musical entities, you know, coming from both, from opposite ends of the continent. You know, doing this together. Then they produced Oniñe. Oniñe was a beautiful song. Very beautiful song, right? So I saw that. So I was like, cool. And then, if I'm not mistaken, Ross actually even went to Africa to shoot a music video. Right? So I was like, okay. And then, I saw Ace Hood, who's also based down there in Miami. I saw Ace Hood do something with the Ghanaian artist Sako did. And then so slowly you know in my mind it started to come together and and the one common denominator in all of you know between all these people was was akon and also the fact that they, most of these videos look like they were all being shot in miami right so i'm like okay akon is in miami all these guys are based in miami akon is the one person who knows both uh people from both sides of the of the of the of the pond right so i started putting two and two together and then and then from there you know i noticed that when i was watching videos of most nigerian artists and if the videos were shot here in america they all seem to be shot in miami for some reason okay they they all seem to be shot in some tropical you know a, a place with with warm weather so maybe i'm mistaken maybe it's not miami maybe it's california but i would if i were if i were to bet i would bet that most of them were shot in miami for instance um tiwa savage had a music video a music um a song called all over right and if you watch the music video the music video looks like it was shot somewhere in miami she's in this old school it looks like it's a cadillac and there's a there's a character driving the cadillac They only show the back of the character's head. But the character is supposedly... Looks like Rick Ross from the back. Right? He's smoking a cigar and all that stuff. They never show his face though. But the implication there is that it's Rick Ross. Right? And also... uh, There's another big Nigerian artist. Flavor. Flavor. Flavor Nabania. Flavor has a couple of music videos. Um... And they all seem like they, they also were all shot in Miami. Okay. Uh, also, P-Square. I told you P-Square's video on Ninja Looks like it was shot in Miami. Because they're on a yacht somewhere. It looks warm. Um, but they also had another video called Testimony. Testimony also looks like it was shot in Miami. You know, warm weather. They're in somebody's big mansion. And all these girls and stuff. So... In my mind, I'm thinking Akon is the one who actually started introducing a lot of these African artists uh, onto the, the, the American music scene. And he's the one who more than likely, you know, started doing these introductions, you know, introduced Davido to whoever introduced. I think Akon was very instrumental in putting these two uh, groups together. Now, I may be wrong. But again, if 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 I'm if I'm gonna bet, I would bet that Akon is the one who helped, you know, put put this put this shit together. So big shout out to Akon, big shout out to Akon for doing that. If he did do that. Um, but I just wanted to point that out because I thought it was uh, it was worth mentioning. to the topic of uh, let's go back further again to the uh, the topic of the Dayton issue that I uh, touched on briefly the Dayton scene out there is rough as hell okay it is rough as hell out there for both sexes but I will say that based on what I've witnessed Okay, what I've been privy to in the past decade or so, I can definitively conclude that it's harder on women than men. Okay, it it, it has taken a much heavier emotional toll on women than men. And I say this based on the numerous conversations that I have had with quite a few single young women and middle-aged women who naturally at their age shouldn't be single. Ideally they shouldn't be single. Ideally these are women who should have who should who should be be in the stable healthy emotional relationships with husbands um and possibly even have kids, but but they don't. Um I've had I've had conversations um with with females some of whom are friends and some who are acquaintances of friends, or even acquaintances of acquaintances, and even in my own family, okay, even in my own family, there are, there are young single women who really and ideally shouldn't be single. I've gave you a very good example. Whenever I talk about my trips, my sojourns to Ghana to I, I tell you guys about I always mention my cousin who is a cockblock the cockblocker one, the one who I says always hovers above me like a, like an eagle. Um she's single. Okay. If you guys have noticed I've never mentioned anything about her husband or a boyfriend or a fiance or anything, right? Well, that's because she's single. If she was married and she was, you know, had a family, she wouldn't have that much time to spend with me when I go down there. Understand? And, and this cousin of mine is about, she's 35 years old. You understand? Um, when I went to Ghana, I threw, I threw a birthday party for her and she was 35 years old. But she's single and she's not married so i can and and i have another cousin of mine who she's probably maybe about she's probably about maybe about thirty-four thirty-three. she's also single you see so when i when i speak on these things i'm speaking not only from um, I'm i'm actually speaking i can speak on it because i uh... it hits close to home for me you understand um and also not to mention the countless videos and articles that i've read online or seen online it's it's rough out there it's rough out there i um this was have to this was maybe about 3 weeks ago i i recent, recently spoke to a to a single young uh, a single young lady acquaintance of mine who i occasionally talk to big shout out to you Rita Uh, Rita is the short version of her name I don't want to put her full name out there like that Um, and she she touched briefly on the whole topic of of you know being single and dating and all that and and I promised her that I would see if I could bring her on the show one of these days so that we could have a very frank dialogue on the topic you know, of relationships in this modern day environment, you know. So we, we will see. We will see, you know. Um we don't live in the same city, so I gotta figure out how we're gonna coordinate this. But we we will make it happen. We will make it happen. But anyway, um I again I have a lot to talk or to say about the issue but uh we will save it for another episode I think it's time that i switch gears a little bit and let's go back to me talking about my trip to ghana so um but before we do that can we take a quick quick musical break again very short musical break don't go nowhere be right back mr Frank.
1: I've been waiting forever for you, oh, na-na-na mm-hmm. Babe, you got to know, so you be everything that I've been waiting for Oh, no no na
0: I so, two episodes ago I can I You guys at I was saying, I can see I I believe I was still at a. Uh, at that little town where I was raised spending some time with my parents and uh, and I was telling you how I I loathe that town with every fiber of my being ok I just hated being in that town, that small town and you know as I ex- as, as I explained to you guys in the past you know I am someone who's very dynamic I don't like to sit still well I, I, I like to sit still but I don't like when things are just slow okay and on top of being slow I like when things are just when, when, when it just looks like there's a lack of progress in any place where I find myself that is just not me I like to see progress. I like to see things moving. I like to see hustle and bustle in an efficient manner. Okay? I I like to see progress. Okay? That's how I am. And so these are not qualities and attributes that I would attach to the little town where I was raised and where I happen to be uh, spending some time in so the whole time i was there i was restless you know i I couldn't wait to get out of there my parents on the other hand you know they 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 were older and they liked being in the small you know countryside and all that stuff and it's understandable they were older Uh, me on the other hand hey listen i may be in my 40s but um i i i still have a lot of growing up to do (laughs) okay so, the whole time we're there, you know, I spent two two nights over there. And, uh, whew, man, let me tell you, man. It's like, the only way I can describe it to those of you who are my American listeners is, is moving down south. from, Like, let's say you live in a place like New York City and then you move to Tuscaloosa, Alabama or something. Or you move to rural Mississippi. Okay? Um i have in-laws my wife's cousin and his wife live in mississippi right now they moved there about a year ago because the wife found a, a great job over there with a great company and they've been living there for about a year now and they're thinking about leaving they're thinking about moving already and this is america we're talking about okay so you should think about the fact that they live in america and even they're complaining about just how slow it is in a part of america uh, think about rural africa okay and then you'll you it'll put things in perspective for you so we're over there the first the first night i don't even remember what happened the first night i think what did i do the first night the first night um i think i i hung out me and my cousin hung out, we went to a bar or whatever, some little ass bar. And um, we were there for, you know, maybe an maybe about at most an hour. It had to be at most an hour. And then my aunties them started blowing up our phone. That like, oh 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 y'all need to come home now. It's dangerous out there. It's dangerous, you know. And that's another thing or another reason why I don't like going down there to go be with my aunts and uncles because you see my aunts and uncles, uh, they're 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 since they're older, and they've never really lived. Uh, for an extended period of time outside of that little town, they're used to small town values. They're not used to life in the big city. You know, they they're not used to the hustle and bustle. You know, everything has to be quiet for them. And they attribute life in the big city. Uh, one of the negative attributes they always associate with the big city is crime. You understand? So they think crime is everywhere it's it's all around them everywhere they look they see crime and they you know and they're paranoid and stuff like that and so whenever i go down to to ghana to visit and i go to visit my aunt and aunts you know left to them alone i would stay in the house for two weeks I, i wouldn't go out i would stay in the house they would cook for me so i could eat shower and just sit there and stare at paint drying on the walls left to them that is how they would want me to live my life or that is how they would want me to spend my vacation but you know and they don't seem to understand that I, i'm not I'm, first i'm not a child and i'm a young adult <laughs> and i'm not a geriatric you know a uh, uh, person i'm not an old person and it's not like, you know, I'm, um, for some reason, they still see me as this little teenager who was leaving, who left uh, Ghana to come to America, and they they can't seem to wrap their minds around the fact that I'm experienced, you know, if anything at all, I live in one of the most dangerous cities in America, and so, this whole notion that, you know, in their minds, they think that, you know, I'm going to be attacked, or if I go out, and you know, I I, I don't have a situational awareness uh, of what's going on, Uh, you know, that whole feeling is just, it's all in their minds, and it's ludicrous, there was a time when I would try to explain to them that, hey, listen, I'm going out there, I'm a grown-ass man, ain't shit gonna happen to me, but they just don't get it, so I just leave them be and that is why, in order to avoid all that, I don't even spend too much time when I go down there. That's one of the reasons. Secondly, like I said, it's a small, old, boring-ass town. There's nothing to do over there. By 8 o'clock, everybody's going to bed. There's just a few joints that are open here and there so like maybe 10, 11 at most. There's, there's just nothing. There is nothing going on but it's okay for someone like my parents because they're old they like the quiet my parents are there by eight o'clock they're already in bed you know and shit so so i was there uh and i so i was there monday remember i got there on sunday i stayed there sunday night i stayed there monday night and by tuesday uh i was ready to leave you know kiss my parents and gave them hugs and kisses and told them I was heading back to the hotel heading back to to the big city so we left we left in the morning my cousin and I and again I drove and I'm telling you driving in Ghana it's, it's it's interesting man it's interesting I liked the fact that I was very independent and I didn't really need a driver you know for the most part as long as I had my cousin with me she could show me where to go um, so we we got back on the highway and we drove uh all the way to uh, a city called tema right tema is where i went to high school uh so tema is like maybe about it took us about maybe maybe an hour and a half at most to get to tema uh, now bear in mind back in the day when i was a teenager and i used to make that commute using public transportation that would take me like three hours at least okay but now the roads are a little better, quote-unquote, a little better. So it doesn't take you as long. And I was in a private car. There were no stops, you know. It was just sit, get in your car and drive straight to, you know, to wherever you're going. So we went to Tema. And um, actually, I think, I wait, I think at some point, oh, you know what it was? yeah you 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 guys remember the guy joe right remember um remember the driver joe that i i kept saying was a very experienced driver yeah joe met us I, i can't remember where we picked him up i think we picked him up on the way to tema right we picked him up on the way to tema at some point so i i got in the passenger seat and he drove us uh like halfway to to tema where I met up with uh, a few of my former classmates, class of 96. Big shout out to all of you guys who listen to the show. Jagu, Derek, Javis, uh, Peace, uh Rhonda, all of you guys. Gloria, all of you guys who listen to the show. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Doctor Dr. Pong, Derek, all of you guys. Um, So I met up with them, you know, and there was a little, we we decided, and this was before I even went to Ghana, I I, I put a, a, a word into our president's ear that, you know what, I was coming down, and this was our 25th year anniversary of completing high school. So it was only befitting that, you know, we have some sort of, activities some sort of festivities going on to commemorate that so i told her when i was coming she was one of the few people who knew when i was coming and um so she started you know putting things in place preparing for the meeting and it was nice the meeting was nice i got there and people started trickling in and people a lot of my classmates were surprised to see me there (laughs) because our president had stated in the various texts that uh, there was going to be a surprise over there and most people didn't know what the surprise was. Well, it turned out I was the surprise. So, met, met a few more classmates and like I said, with each time that I go, I keep meeting more and more former classmates that I haven't seen in over 25 years. So, that was great. That was great. We had a great time. We talked. We drank. We, we we had some nice food, and the place, the avenue, um, of the venue that they chose for the uh, for the meeting was this. It was this really laid back hotel, uh, and I actually think that the next time I go to Ghana, I might take my, my family there. It's it's not in Accra where I usually spend time. It's in Tema. And Tema is Tema is a little slower in tempo than Accra. Um, and that's one of the things I've always liked about Tema. When I was, when I used to go there, when I, when I used to attend high school over there, it's more organized. Um, so that there was this, you know, we they they had it at this hotel, and it was very nice, you know. Even one of our classmates, big shout out to you, Obwase, uh, Obwase. While we were there, his wife had, you know, his wife brought his kids over to go play in the pool and you know we were we were all making fun of him like yo man what if uh, you had told your wife that you were coming here and instead you had gone to go see your little side joint and your wife showed up and you weren't here what would you have done <laughs> oh man that was crazy but we we had a great time we oh we we spent hours talking about you know the past and things that we we wanted to do for our uh you know our alma mater and and all that stuff It, it was great it was great i think we were probably there for about at least three hours and you know and all my classmates looked good you know we're all grown now and someone alluded to the fact that you know we're almost in our 50s now and Somebody else was like, Man, speak for yourself. I'm already there. And it, it was, you know, it, it, we, we all just started cracking up and laughing. But if you guys will recall the last episode that I did about being the sandwich generation, being in the sandwich generation, that's exactly what I was talking about. You see, that's exactly what I was talking about. We're, we're, we're at that age, we're in our 40s, going into our 50s. So we're, we're we're grown ass men. You know, we're grown ass men and being in that category comes with a lot of responsibilities. Okay? But one of the the more unfortunate side of being in this category is that you are privy to a lot of transitions. You're privy to a lot of people passing away. And, and and a lot of these people that are passing away now are people that you will know you know you're just at that age where you know a lot of people and a lot of them are older people they could be either your parents or your friends' parents or an acquaintance's parents or an acquaintance's elderly in-laws and stuff and they're older we're in our 50s they're like in their 90s 80s and they're passing away and so it reminds you of your own mortality and the fact that you know god help you god willing 40 years from now you're gonna be there too and someone is gonna be uh, staring at your obituary okay so at this age in our lives when you're in your 40s all you can hope and pray for is that you pray for personally me personally i pray that god gives me at least at least four more decades of life right four more decades of life for me and my wife you know uh, i'll be happy you know and my kids you know will also grow uh to experience me you know when i'm in my 80s i hope and uh, and the other thing i can pray for is that i have you know sufficient health or i have good health where I can be mobile and I can be and I won't be a burden on anybody. That is that is the most you can hope for when you're in your 40s. And those of you who are in your 40s and I know it's most of you guys who are listening to me, I'm sure you can attest to that. You pray for you pray for long life or you pray for at least a few more decades of life and you pray for for good health because at this point in time those are the most important things. That we can hope for, you understand. So the meeting went well. We talked and we had fun, gave you know, exchanged hugs and pounds. And you know, a lot of them were like, You know, boss, since you're in town now, James, since you're in town now, you know, we definitely need to link up before you go. How long are you going to be here for? And I always hit them with the, Well, i'm here for two weeks i've already spent like four days they're like oh damn now we really need to hurry up and do something before you leave (laughs) and i'm like hey i'm game you know i'm game i have a car now so you just you just tell me where you're gonna be and i'll meet you there you know so i was there we were there till like maybe about um what was it like 3 30 p 4 p.m and uh, i told my driver i told joe we had to bounce because on that very day on that tuesday my wife's brother younger brother was coming to ghana yes he was coming to ghana on it was more of like a an exploratory um visit he wanted to come to ghana to just just to to leave nigeria for a little bit because nigeria was nigeria was and is still very hectic at the moment so he was more on on an exploratory mission to come see what ghana entailed and possibly see if he could migrate to ghana okay just for better business opportunities and just for you know the peace of mind and all that stuff because he's he's a relatively young kid he's like 23 or something like that so he still has his whole life ahead of him he still has a lot of room to make mistakes and do all that experiment and do all that stuff so and and my wife and i had been planning this even before i left the states um we we had found him on airbnb and all that stuff so it was just a matter of me picking him up at the airport and um you know taking him to his 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 airbnb and setting him up real nice and everything so so we left went to the airport we were at the airport for like maybe an hour it was taking forever for him to come out man just forever i was hungrier than a mother sucker up in there man (laughs) we're sitting there, we're waiting, we're waiting the whole time my phone is blowing up and you won't believe who was calling me y'all, y'all ain't gonna believe who was calling me but um but um in order to to find out who it was that was calling me, I'm not gonna make it easy for y'all, okay cause I wanna know if you guys have been paying attention, so if you want to know who it was that kept blowing up my phone I suggest you go back and listen to episode 57 in its full form. uh, And that way you'll be able to conclude um, or find out who was blowing up my phone. Once you you figure out who it was or who you think it was, then you may draw your own uh, conclusions from that. But I'm not going to make it easy for y'all. I'm not gonna mention any names, I'm not gonna drop any names, I'm not gonna drop any hints.
1: Alright. If I lose you to one of the boys online. I've oh, yeah. I've tomorrow come you know they my side. I go pray for you and I go fight for you. My desire for you is more than I can explain. Olorun 1 million dollars 1 million dollars 1 million dollars
0: Anyways So my brother-in-law finally comes out and uh, he was just so happy to be in Ghana he was just so happy to see us i mean you could tell he was just blown away by the by the level of orderliness and organization um that he was experiencing in ghana you know he, he kept gushing on and on about what a difference it was uh, you know comparing both countries and um and he had only been in the country for less than an hour okay just him going through immigrations and customs at 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 Kotoka International Airport he could see the difference he could see that oh you know Ghanaians really got their act together well relatively speaking of course relatively speaking compared to Nigeria Uh, a very good example was when we were you know because when we picked them up and since we were all hungry we decided let's go get some food you know because he was starving we were starving so we decided to go get food at a place called Starbite's We get to Starbites, we park across the street, and we have to cross basically to get there. So I step in the middle of the road of traffic and I kind of, you know, gesture to the cars to stop. So, you know, they all stop, right? So that we can cross, which is what you do in a civilized society, right? Um, Once a pedestrian gets in the way, as a driver, you stop. So the cars stop and we're crossing. And to him, it is the most amazing thing that he has ever seen. Or one of the most amazing things he has ever seen. Okay? He's like, my, my brother, my brother-in-law. This this one, yeah. This one, if he was in Niger, the cars won't stop. Oh. I'm like, wait, are you kidding me? Like, are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> now, uh you know i'm sure there was a little bit of exaggeration there you know but hey i'm sure there was also plenty of truth in there too okay there are some places in 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 nigeria i'm sure you can't take the chance of hoping that the drivers will stop okay you'll get run over and we'll be reading your obituary uh, the following week the same thing applies to ghana but the problem obviously is worse in Nigeria where it's everything is just so chaotic ok um, so I, I could tell that there was some, some level of uh, uh, merit in what he said I mean I've lived in both countries and I've been in both countries recently right Nigeria as recently as 7 years ago and I was actually planning on making an episode on that trip but I never got around to doing it um you know Nigeria Ni- Nigeria is a wild place Nigeria is a wild country and 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 it is not a place for the faint of heart to live in you know you you can't be weak and live in Nigeria and 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 that's why if you notice Nigerians are not weak people okay they're very strong-minded they're very strong-willed they're you know go-getters you understand but that's because uh you know, if you were raised in Nigeria, okay, Nigeria toughens you up because of the rough, the rough conditions and the rough environment that you you grow up in. You understand? Uh, and so, for those of us who have lived there before, um, you know, in spite of all the challenges that we faced while we were living there, because I lived there, I went to primary school there, okay, um. Or what, you know, Americans you might refer to as elementary school. That's, you know, I lived in Nigeria for maybe about when I was a kid. When my brother and I were kids, we lived there for about five years. Okay. Uh, And so, but in spite of all the challenges of living in Nigeria, hmm, uh, those of us who've lived there, we, we still have a little lingering piece of love for that country whenever we leave the shores of that country okay and for someone like me that love is especially for the for the city of Lagos okay now for those of you who don't know Lagos used to be the capital city of uh, Nigeria until it was moved to the capital was moved to Abuja and Lagos is a vibrant bustling city I mean Lagos is is almost like um think of New York City if you've ever been to New York okay Lagos is like New York City with all the traffic or 10 times the traffic 10 times yeah 10 times the traffic none of the organization all of the chaos all of the violence okay um yeah that's the only way to think of lagos if you've been to new york city and you know how new york is new york is busy bustling and they tell you if you can make it in new york you can make it anywhere else well if you can make it in lagos you can make it anywhere in the world okay except that there are pitfalls in lagos you understand but if you've lived in lagos before and you while you were there you had a love-hate relationship with lagos once you depart the shores of nigeria you will always have a love for lagos you will always um once you leave you will leave a piece of you in lagos and uh, at some point i don't know if uh, by now the soundtrack is playing tenny's uh, lagos she's talking about how she loves lagos if, it's, if it hasn't played yet, it'll 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 be playing soon. I also have another song by Banky called uh, Lagos Party or something. You guys keep an ear out for that in the background. But Lag- Lagos is Lagos is a is a, a great city, man. I mean, a city of twenty million people. Okay, so a lot of chaos, a lot of. Uh, <laughs> And, um, so my brother-in-law was, um, you know, we, we, we got him some food, we got ourselves some food, and, uh, we took him, we took him to his place, his Airbnb, and as soon as he walked in, he was, you know, he liked it, he loved it, he was very impressed, okay, um, because it had everything that a young man like him would need you know he had his own kitchen his own uh bathroom it was self-contained you know he had he had internet access he had air conditioning you know big nice bed i mean it was everything a young man in his early 20s trying to start life in a new city uh would want okay i mean it wasn't luxurious okay it wasn't like a luxury penthouse or anything but it was a self-contained apartment unit that had everything that you would want okay for especially for for a guy his age um so we left him you know gave him hugs and pounds and uh we we left him for the night and i told him i'd reach out to him the following day so we could we could sort out his communications array and all that other stuff um so let's take a quick break because uh when we come back i want to talk about lagos a little bit more uh some rather sad development coming out of that city Uh, i want to expound a little bit on that so don't go nowhere be right back give a big shout out to uh, the wife of my cousin uh, Kiyomi Kiyomi just recently lost her grandmother so I ask that um, all of you who listen to the show those of you who know her as well as who don't know her or don't even know me keep her in your prayers Um, losing a loved one It's always a stressful time in one's life. And for those of you who listened to the last episode that I did, the last episode was basically about grief and sorrow and how to overcome it or how to cope with it. Um, Particularly uh, or especially if you lose a loved one, you know, so you guys keep her in her prayer uh in your prayers and um you know send some love and blessing her way all right so as i as i alluded to in the last segment i was going to um i wanted to talk a little bit about lagos because again lagos is a city that has a um has a special place in my heart because of the fact that I spent some of my childhood there, so rather sad um, piece of development coming out of the city of Lagos. Uh, so on November first, uh, in a part of Lagos called Ikoyi, Ikoyi is one of those, you know, affluent suburbs of Lagos. Okay, it has always been like that. There are certain places in Lagos, just like with any big city, okay? Lagos is a, is a city of um, of contrasts, okay? There are poor people, on, very poor people on, on one side. As a matter of fact, you will find some of the poorest people on the planet on one side of the city, and you'll find some of the richest people on one side of the city, okay? It's a city of contrasts. But anyway, um, so Ikoyi happens to be on the more affluent side of lagos when i was growing up in lagos i know there were certain parts of the city whose names uh, you always associated with wealth and opulence and and you know just richness right so Ikoyi was one of them victoria island was another one of them i can't remember the others but i know that over a span of 25 years more of these neighborhoods more affluent neighborhoods have popped up in lagos okay as a matter of fact there's one called banana island i think it's called banana island uh is it called banana island i I can't remember i think hold on y'all let me let me let me research this real quick make sure i'm getting the name right yes yes i was right it's called banana island as a matter of fact it says here banana island is an area of Ikoyi. So, it is part of the same ecoe that I'm talking about. Um, Banana Island is an area of Ikoi, Lagos, Nigeria, blah, 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 known for its wealthy multicultural community and has some of the most expensive real estate in Nigeria. Banana, Banana Island has one of the highest density of millionaires within its boundaries. So, basically, you get the point, right? So, um the whole that whole section of lagos you know victoria island banana island banana island is is relatively new in my mind because when i was growing up in lagos there was no banana island okay but anyway so what what has been happening in lagos uh for the past 20 or so years is they've actually because lagos is a coastal city what they've been doing is they've been reclaiming land from the sea just like they you know they they did in dubai to create those uh, fake islands so they've been dredging up land from the you know reclaiming land from the ocean and adding to the shoreline and thus um, basically expanding lagos outwards okay Uh, and basically what it is is the rich people are basically trying to run away from the poor people okay so they're kind of distancing themselves further and further away by by bringing up more land so they can build their high-rises and their skyscrapers and you know all the nice luxury apartments and whatnot on the new land okay um interestingly africa's richest man aliko dangote Actually, I think he's also building an oil refinery, if I'm not mistaken, in that same neighborhood there. Okay, so a lot of development, a lot of money has been poured into that part of, of Lagos. Billions of dollars, right? But anyway, so it is within the tapestry of all of this that uh, this um, this wealthy, uh, what you call real estate developer, his name was Femi fourscore, and I'm referring to him in the past tense because he's no longer with us um, Femi fourscore was a very successful real estate developer who had properties in from the US to the UK to South Africa and he decided that he was going to do um, get into real estate in Nigeria so he goes to Nigeria he starts doing the whole real estate thing and he builds you know, his, he builds his most ambitious, he raises his most ambitious project to date, okay, called the 360. Now, the 360, what it is, is it consists of three high-rise buildings, okay, and they're all, you know, standing next to each other. And the whole idea of the of the vision behind it is that... You know, no matter where you are in in either of the towers, you can have a 360 view of Lagos and of the Atlantic Ocean and all that. You know, I saw pictures of the product when it would have been completed and it looked really nice. It was really nice. However, as fate would have it on November 1st, which was just 25 days ago, um, one of the towers uh, crumbled, came crashing down, just pancaked everybody that was in there now fortunately the buildings um, weren't completed yet they're still in the building phase okay so most of the people who lost their lives were contractors and people who were working in in the building um, including the developer himself too as well as some prospective buyers okay because he was selling they were going to be luxury apartments Um, and I saw an interview that he granted where he was talking about all the amenities that would be in the building you know, valet parking, you know, internet and he likened living in there uh, to having to stay in a seven-star hotel that was his plan, that was his, his goal but again, one of the buildings collapsed um and he happened to be in there so he perished alongside you know dozens of other people. Now as sad as that may sound, that was actually <laughs> relatively speaking, that was actually good news because can you imagine had he completed the building maybe three years from now and it was filled with families, with children, old people and all that stuff, and the buildings that came down or the building that come down, we would be talking about a a, a catastrophic tragedy okay um and so it's it's actually a good thing they came down that that's actually a good thing that the tower came down now as opposed to later you understand um so that was that was right you know a little sad and i have been following the development since i first heard about it listening to the you know monitoring the local news channels and and all the interviews that you know were being granted and it's the whole thing was just sad um it was sad too because you know they showed videos of relatives of the you know people that were still missing and they they showed the rescue efforts that were underway and based on some of the things that I was hearing the rescue efforts were not going well okay I mean there were talks about how the excavators at one point you know drug up or dredged up a body and decapitated (laughs) man oh, only in Africa man only in Africa so basically, you know the excavators with the, the the claws or whatever and they're going in and they're, they're, they're pulling out the rubble, they're dragging up the rubble. I, I guess there is a science to doing that, right? Which obviously developed countries have a way of doing this without causing further damage. And yet here you have a situation in Nigeria where the excavator that has been brought to come and help is doing more damage okay it's digging in and it's picking up the bodies and it's it's not taking its time it's not being uh, uh, gentle with it it's just doing whatever and 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 causing more harm than good but anyway I heard that happen and also at some point uh, during the first day of the rescue effort the, the first responders apparently or the rescuers stopped at night for whatever reason and so you know people were outraged the public was outraged people went out there they were they were talking they were angry they were yelling at the cameras but you see that is to be expected because this is Africa we're talking about here if you guys will remember from the previous episode that I did I was talking about Ghana right and I was talking about this lack of proactiveness on the part of Ghanaians, right? Um, we we are we, not proactive in anything. Okay, we always wait for tragedy to strike, and then when tragedy strikes, that's when we that's the time we choose to look for answers. But by then, it's too late. Okay, and then what happens is because it's too late and we're frustrated, then you start seeing people, you know, yelling at each other and and pointing fingers and, you know, uh, praying and, and all sorts of things, which at that very moment, you know, are not going to help because the tragedy has already occurred. It is it is it is. It is a mindset that, as Africans, we need to get out of. We need to get out of that mindset. There has to be a paradigm shift in the way we approach our lives. Okay? We we, we have to... It is something that Westerners have that, for some reason, we can't seem to to, to get. We can't seem to... to to get to that point I don't know why it's not that we don't have the intellectual fortitude for it it's not that we don't have the intellectual capacity for it but it's just that the number of people who think three steps ahead and try to predict you know tragedies and how to implement measures that will prevent such tragedies the number of people who think along those lines are very few Compared to the ones who don't. You know, I was watching the videos from the from the rescue site. And, you know, you had, of course, it can't be an African nation if there weren't people standing on the side praying. Okay? And I understand the role that prayer has. Okay? I've told you guys that I pray. You know, not as often as I should. But I do pray. When I find myself... In, in 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 things that uh in situations that i know are beyond my own um resources but it, 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 prayer is sort of a thing for us africans where you know we 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 don't realize that we need to combine prayer with effort okay there are certain things that if you pray to god for He's not going to answer you and that's my humble opinion. He's not going to answer you. Okay, if 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 you know, let me give you a very hypothetical scenario, right? If if you are driving on a rainy day, okay? And you know, you know that on your way to your destination, you have to go across a bridge, right? And you know that the bridge has a tendency to flood when it rains. Hmm? And you say, you know what? I'm going to take my chance and go drive across the the flooded bridge anyway. Because, you know, I have faith that God is going to, uh, you know get me across the bridge. And as you you do that, you ignore all the warning signs that are there saying, you know, flooded bridge, turn around, all that stuff. And you drive onto the bridge and your car starts getting washed away. And you start praying right then and there. Do you think do you really think God is going to listen to you? No. I don't think God is gonna listen to you God is going to look at you and say you know what you're dumb you're stupid I gave you a brain you 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 refused to use the wisdom that I had instilled in you therefore I will let you perish you understand and this is this is my this is my uh, this is my opinion you may disagree with it if you choose to but I believe that prayers must be combined with effort and must be combined with foresight it is the reason why god gave us intelligence it is the reason why god gave us wisdom and if you fail to apply that wisdom at the time when you need to apply it prayer is not going to work later on because of you not applying your wisdom so you know at the end of the day as africans we need to get out of this mindset This gentleman who built this uh, tower that came crashing down, there was an interview that he granted to a journalist about nine months before the towers came crashing down, and he said so many things, okay, he said so many things that basically gave you an insight into the kind of man that he was, and supposedly, he had a reputation for cutting corners, okay, so he builds this massive thing which first of all was supposed to be 15 stories he ends up building 21 stories as to how he ended up going from 15 to 21 don't ask me just remember that this is Lagos this is Nigeria we're talking about where anything is possible okay now he ends up building 21 when he should have built 15 and only God knows if he was someone who liked to cut corners then that means the structure was not structurally sound the tower was not structurally sound it is safe to assume that and so this thing comes crashing down because clearly clearly it wasn't built well or it was built with with subpar materials or whatever the 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 situation may be or whatever the um... whatever the cost may be At the end of the day, it came crashing down because it wasn't solidly built. Okay? And now you got people standing out there praying and and saying all sorts of things. You know, those prayers were not going to be answered. Some may be, but the majority of them wouldn't be. And it was sad. It was sad to see my fellow Africans doing that again. And I I told you guys in the previous episode, that is how we approach life. We never think about, okay, you know what, let me think two or three steps ahead. Let me plan for, you know, unforeseen circumstances. Keyword being plan. Let me plan for what might go sideways we never do that we never it is It is just not in our psyche to plan never until tragedy strikes and then when tragedy strikes then we start looking for solutions then we start asking oh why did this happen it happened because you didn't plan you didn't plan people so that was that that, that was what happened in Lagos rather sad um, story and for those of you who are interested you can look it up just type in ECOE building collapse Lagos building collapse on YouTube and you'll see it and they have uh, you know uh, panels of uh, of so-called experts and engineers and architects and they were all discussed they've been discussing it for about a month now but the main thing that they can all seem to agree on is the fact that this is a problem in Nigeria this whole building collapsing thing I didn't even know it was that rampant but it is a problem in Nigeria and until Nigerians realize that listen we have to do whatever it takes to ensure that all the right things are done when a building is being put up we will continue to experience these tragedies until they do that well guess what we will have more building collapse in, in um in nigeria and it's a damn shame it's a damn shame because like i said ever since i got back from ghana a couple months ago you know Niger- lagos has been on my mind It has been on my mind I, I kept telling my wife man it sure would be nice to go visit lagos for like a week or two i don't know why it kept cropping up in my mind but i think it had to do with a conversation that i had with my friend george when we were in ghana where we were saying you know he was telling me that you know you know every time we come to africa we come to ghana it might be time that we start branching out start exploring other parts of africa you know uh, i know i have a list of places in africa i wouldn't mind visiting south africa being uh number one um nigeria obviously i I know nigeria but i wouldn't mind going my in-laws are there so nigeria south africa uh rwanda i want to go see rwanda god willing i would also like to see kenya i would like to see tanzania um where else for now that those are the places that i would i would like to visit so maybe it had to do with that conversation but nigeria had been on my mind for the past two months i don't know why especially lagos i really i saw pictures of banana island and i was like i I would like to see banana island you know see all and see what's up with all these tall buildings and stuff but now Now, even if someone gave me a plane ticket to go to Lagos, I'd be scared to go into any of them buildings up there because only God knows, was it built well or was it not built well? You never know. Just because something looks nice and fancy doesn't mean it's structurally sound. At least that's the assumption you got to have. And it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. You won't walk into a skyscraper in Manhattan and not feel safe. even if It doesn't matter how tall the building is. You know you're on solid ground. You understand? But same can't be said for when you're on the dark continent. Same cannot be said. Anyway, let's take a quick musical break. I'll be back. well well just as i thought i have crossed the hour and a half mark and i'm going to stay true to myself as i've said i don't want to do any episodes more than an hour and a half long so we're gonna end it here and uh be on the lookout for the next episode in a few days until then please be safe don't do what i wouldn't do and be good to your fellow man out there. This is your boy, Mr. James Carrington signing off.